Hi, I'm Sarah Schweig of the Center for Court Innovation, and today I am just outside Atlanta, Georgia, for the first summit for the Minority Youth Violence Prevention Initiative out of the Office of Minority Health at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, who partnered with the Office of Community-Oriented Policing at the U.S. Department of Justice. And today I'm here with Ralphella Richardson and Nancy Frank from Lord's Memorial Hospital in Binghamton. Just to start off, Nancy, who is the director, will just talk a little bit about why you guys got interested in minority youth violence prevention. As a hospital system, we are part of a department called Youth Services Department, and we've been running programs, uh, youth development programs, since 1996. Uh, We have been running juvenile justice programs for youth, juvenile justice prevention programs, um, and being a hospital system, we also are looking at mitigating some of the uh, risk factors for um, the social determinants of health. Uh, one area that we've really wanted to get into is the restorative justice area of being able to look at youth violence in a, with a different kind of lens. And uh, one of the programs we currently run is a detention alternative after school program, but these kids are already in the juvenile justice system. and. Uh, we've talked about wanting to get kids before they enter the system and you use more of a preventative approach. You know, we have for many years been providing youth services in our county, in Broome County, um, and also in Binghamton. So uh, that, that was our interest in getting this program together. Wonderful. Maybe Rafaela can talk a little bit about some of the things you've been doing with the youth. I, I know we had a conversation before about um, some trips you guys take and kind of what you see if that, that affecting with the uh, kids you're working with. Well, because we've been doing the detention alternative after school program for so long, we learned some really cool things like by taking the kids and exposing them to just different situations, different environments, you get a very immediate and visceral reaction. So we implemented a lot of that into our, we're calling it BCAST in our area, Binghamton Community and Schools Together. And so what we're hoping to do is do some team building trips like um, our local uh, ski resort has a ropes course. So one of our first big trips is all the kids in the program are going to go out, do some ropes course, do some team building. But we're also going to do you know trips to science museums um, as incentives to keep them going. But also didn't do other trips to NICUs to kind of show them the adverse effects of getting involved in, you know, risky behaviors. And NICUs is? A neonatal intensive care unit. Oh, okay. And also doing, you know, maybe interacting with um, some parolees recently that are their own age, but maybe going and seeing, you know, what it's actually like in jail, because there's this very glamorized version of it, but to actually let them see the the actual, what it really is, you get more of an immediate, you know, switch in behavior. Mm -hmm. And then doing the follow-up work with our in-school groups, working with the SROs there, doing structured recreation activities after school where the SROs can also be involved and build those positive relationships. But we also... SRO being the school resource officer. Okay. So it's, that's our police component, to build that healthy relationship with this, um, the local law enforcement. But also to address some of the parent behaviors we're going to be doing. You know, they have their own negative you know, impression of the police force. So to kind of work with them to improve that, but also to address their own immediate needs to improve the home environment so that some of the changes the kids are working on have a better chance of sticking, you know, so the entire family kind of can improve. And one thing that either of you could answer, it sounds like, um, is, you know, that partnership with police. How did you guys really establish that? I feel like every city is very different in terms of the relationship Mm -hmm. the police have with other agencies. Sometimes they tend to be more siloed. Sometimes they're more out in the community. So maybe you can give a little bit of a sense of what that was like. 
Well, we started this process by reaching out to the mayor of, of the city of Binghamton, who ultimately oversees the police department for Binghamton. He was very interested in, in doing this program. So he's on board. Um, they've started a youth success initiative through the city of Binghamton, and the police are also sit on that. It's a community youth services board. Um, they're going to be acting as sort of our um, advisory board, in, in a sense. Um, that's one area that we have to start uh, focusing a little bit more on is the police involvement. Um, however, with partnering with the BOCES programs, there are kids from Binghamton who are attending BOCES schools. So there are two different, they're called learning centers, east and west. Each of those buildings have school resource officers who, some are from the Binghamton Police, some are also from our Broome County Sheriff's Department. Our kids are pretty transient, so many times they move from Binghamton to other parts of the county. So to be able to have that good relationship, not only with the city police force, but with the county uh, sheriff's department is not a bad thing as well. So, but we're still working on, on that aspect of it. But. Um, you know, it's something, it, it's, a, it's a new development. It's not, it's not really something we've done before. We've had a lot of interaction with uh, the county attorney's office, probation, um, but not so much law enforcement. So we're really, that's the piece that we really are excited about um, adding to our existing programming. Yeah, that'll be very, I mean, that's what this whole summit is about, mm -hmm. is kind of ways of partnering right. with, across health and yeah. policing. And one so. thing we're real excited about is we're having um, a community-wide restorative justice training. Uh, we've been able to use the funds through this grant to bring in um, a gentleman by the name of Duke Fisher, who is a nationally renowned expert on restorative justice models. He's had a lot of success working in schools, campus, um, college campuses, communities, and he's going to be coming in and doing uh, free training for our community stakeholders. From that training, we're going to identify facilitators to actually be able to perform restorative justice activities. So to be really, just it's something that's not being done in our community, and we're really excited that this grant's going to allow us to bring that. That's a sustainability piece, because when this funding goes away, to have people that are trained to continue a different way of looking at juvenile justice and, and youth uh, offenders. Um, we're, we're excited about that. That's wonderful. Um, so maybe a last uh, question to sort of add is just, you know, from your experience in sort of starting this process, do you have any takeaways, any lessons for, you know, any of the other sites, however anecdotal it might be, just because you're in a very unique um, situation where you're in a hospital, you have this program sort of already in place. Right. So any sort of suggestions? I would say just don't be afraid to think of unique ways of doing things just like just because you haven't done it before doesn't mean you can't and people that you maybe are hesitant to think to, that would want to partner with you are more than willing to because that was one of the things when we started letting you know in our community letting other agencies that we hadn't even approached when we were writing it writing the proposal no, you know, hey, we got this, and telling them what we were doing they were so supportive and they're all like what can we do how could you know so there's once you actually tell people what you're doing, you'd be surprised how many people actually want to help right. you and want to be involved right. in the process. One example of that is um, there's a Healthy Lifestyles Coalition that's it was funded by a private, private um, non-for-profit um, foundation, and they're running out of money. But they have established great connections in a particular neighborhood in Binghamton with uh, the parents and the kids in that 
uh, community, and they do a lot of um, cooking classes and, and things like that. So we, we've sort of been starting discussions with them to say, well, how can we go in then with this established group and do some of the things that we want to do? We can pay for the food, you know, so just those connections. Um, and we're a small community, and, every you know, everybody kind of knows everybody, so it's been... So using other kind of organizations' knowledge and populations yes. is really helpful. Their connections, like especially what Nancy was saying with the parents, right. that's a really hard group to break right. into. But right. this particular agency, they've had great success in right. engaging these parents. In neighborhood. Yeah, from the, the neighborhood. entire, and it's, right. a, it's a neighborhood that really could benefit from oh, right. this violence prevention right. because it's a rougher neighborhood and they're, it's a generational, and they're generations mm -hmm. of poverty, generations mm -hmm. of, right. you know, high school dropouts, so that we can actually use their connections and they almost vouch for us, like, to be like these people are okay. You can, right. and it's so them. it's mm. giving us access to people we hadn't even you know, thought, really thought about. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much You're for welcome. speaking with me today. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you enjoy the rest of the the visit. Um, I'm Sarah Schweig, and I've been speaking with Nancy Frank and Ralphella Richardson of Lords Memorial Hospital in Binghamton, New York, about gaining trust within communities and partnering with people you might not have normally thought of. To learn more about the Minority Youth Violence Prevention Initiative, visit www. Thanks for listening.